Yeah, if there's ever a, a time where we realize that our time on a Sunday is more than this moment, today is that. Mm -hmm. um, because really, uh, in terms of everything that's been sung, everything that's been prayed this morning, um, even reflecting on our context as South Africa, um, yeah, this, this morning is the focus is on the prayer that Paul had has for the Ephesus uh, Ephesian church. And so it's also a focus on the prayer for us. And so yes, it is a reminder that prayer is important. And what type of prayer does Paul pray is what our reminder is today. Um, so yeah, I definitely am going to try and cut this message because a lot of what I've wanted to share through this prayer, uh, if they, if you're wondering for a biblical reason why we do what we do and did what we did so far in service this morning, this portion is it, really. <coughs> as people were coming up and as people were talking and as I'm reading the words of the songs, I'm like, okay, well, this is just a biblical passage that grounds that. Let's go. <laughs> really. So it's a reminder, definitely, uh, we will be looking at Paul's prayer uh, as an apostle and authoritative voice. Uh, in the context of Ephesus at the time. But it's also a reminder that, as Keenan shared last week, if we truly want to know what being church is in this context of Cape Town, then we will be to this prayer. And we would live this prayer more intentionally. So we are in week two, actually, of journey through the book of Ephesians. You'll remember before uh, last week, um, Brandon introduced the book and, and the journey we're going to embark on from today. Um, and you remember that he spoke about the book as being one reflecting the mission, the great mission of God. But it's a book that was written in a context where it didn't look like this mission was coming to fulfillment. Uh, you will remember the kingdom of Rome, very active and showing itself then the Jewish temple and the authority and place of this temple but then also this hint of the kingdom of God coming and being ushered in and so the religious system at the time was part of the reason that the people were oppressed uh, he showed us this this pyramid oops I'm now on the wrong thing um, which, well, he, he showed us because he didn't have el electricity, remember? <laughs> so that's why I told him I'll use it again today. And then it was sent out on the broadcast group. This, this system where you see at the bottom you have the slaves, and then you have the landless uh, widows, orphans, and then you have the homeowners, and then you have the business people and rule, and then, of course, all the people who own land and, and business. But on the side, you have the priesthood, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and on this side, you have the army, the government, as we would have it today. Same context today. Think about Shakespeare. Ephesus was a multicultural, a, a, a multi-racial, it was also a multi-faith context. Ephesus had everything. But it was also a business hub. It was a city with ports. People were coming in and out to do business, to set up businesses. And so really, if anything, that's us. You know, we don't like making these direct parallels, but if you, if you see the, the context in which Paul comes and now prays 
all the church, we need to realize the depth of what this prayer is. And as we ask with Rowan, what, what has been our role in this context that just flared up our reality this week, then I really think this prayer is meaningful for us today. You will also remember that if we recall church history, this very Paul is the one who persecuted this church. Um, and yet, you ask again, why does God allow this Paul, this messed up, evil person who's killed many people for our faith, he even gets redeemed by God. And as we even think about Alpha, who needs Alpha? <coughs> All of us. All of us. And yeah, don't be surprised by who showed up, shows up, because God is here to redeem each one of us. So God, through His grace, empowered Paul to record these letters, um, you know, various letters, and so we get the privilege of unpacking what it means for us today. And then just to be reminded again, um, Brandon always, well, if you live with him, you'll know why I'm holding my head <laughs> But within the, context, within the context of church, and even the day he introduced the book of Ephesians to us, he's constantly calling us to be the alternative community. To be the difference wherever we find ourselves. And so this is the call today, Wellspring. As I say, I mean, there's not much to to preach in terms of death. I thought you was one of the most simple messages I have to unpack. But it is. Paul was the trusted authoritative voice, and today we get to reflect on this prayer that he has for us as well. So let's get into it. There's three core things that I think we see in this prayer. I'll leave the text up and we'll come back to this pyramid. Um, first thing, we see that Paul reminds us as a church about what actually should be grounding us. What, what do we serve out of? How do we live out of? You know, so he, he reminds us of what grounds us. And then secondly, he prays for specific things relevant to the realities that we are facing in our context. He doesn't just pray, you know, haphazardly. Uh, he knows the context, he knows the people, he knows the complexities of our government, of corruption, of empire, of this multi-faith city, and he prays specifically into that context. And then lastly, he ends off with a reminder. As we've sung now, and I hope we, we thought about what we sang, he reminds us of the higher power that is guiding us. And that, 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 that part for me was like, shoot, it's nice that they're, yes, I, I, I'm a child of God, yes, I am part of the church. But this week, did it feel like there was a higher power active, when innocent people were being killed? Um, but that is, is still our reality. So let's get, carry on. Verse 15 speaks about our strong faith in the Lord Jesus and our love for God's people everywhere. So that's why, you see? What did Kenan preach to us about last week? If you love God, you will love God's people. You will love others, not just God's people. And this one says we will love people everywhere. Everywhere. So faith is not just our trust, our solid trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
It's not just the fact that we have faith when we're going through contextual challenges and going with the flow. It's a faith that knows, that knows, that knows because of my experience and relationship with God that God is in control. So he's saying, ever since I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere. So this is Paul reminding them, guys, I've left you, but I'm still hearing about this faith and this love for God's people. But the faith is grounded in Jesus Christ. And that's really a, a stern reminder for us today. There's a lot of things pulling our attention. There's a lot of things about being a Christian that we tend to glean on and pray on. But when last do we realize the depth of my faith is grounded in someone who died, who was buried. We lost hope because of that burial. But he proved himself again because he rose, as he said. And I'm going to remind us constantly of this, and this is why we'll share communion together. Faith, uh, academically, I mean, one of the things I, I write about all the time is that faith is not just mind. Faith is an effect of my heart. It's, it's, it's my feelings, right? It, it, it's, Lord... I, 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 I surrender even my emotive self to you, my, my anguish to you, my cry when things are going as chaotic as they are to you. But it's also a commitment of my will. Faith is actually saying, today's a new day. Lord, you need to journey with me today. Please renew my heart, renew my mind, and allow me to engage in a context that I don't feel like engaging in. But faith is also exemplified in my actions. And that is grounded by my love for others. So here when Paul says, I'm reminded of your strong faith, that strong is an enduring faith. It's a faith that at times I will feel close to God, but at times I may have to act and rely on the fact that God is doing what He's doing here. And there's times where I don't feel like acting or feeling, but I need to commit that this is who I am in Christ. And Paul is saying, I'm reminded of that in you, in this chaos, in this fact that you're walking past homeless people at every turn, you're having to see people smell and, and, and look differently. You're having to get to work and see that the powers that be are just perpetuating their power. Then you need to rely on the strong faith. And so it's interesting that this love was called on to go beyond the church. People everywhere. The text says that we should be uh, he, he's reminded of love for people everywhere. And so as I said, this should have been very tough in the time of Ephesus as it probably is for us today. I mean, if you think about, yeah, I always say, you'll find the world in Cape Town, but you'll also find the complexity of this world in Cape Town. We boast that we are multicultural people. We boast that we are a multi-religious people, right? But it means we need to live and engage with each other. And so what is my country? How do I show up as this alternate, different community? Every day, 
You go to the shop. There's a Pakistani there selling you stuff, right? The Babi shop, if you know what the Babi is. You know what the Babi is? <laughs> it's the shop on the corner right here. Just go say hello. Pakistan is there, a Somalian is there, and then you wonder, oh, where did these people come from? Or you go to Chinatown, right? And you find a different type of person there. Or you go to Hoods, you find a different person there. <laughs> Actually, this week we were reminded that no matter where the affluence of the shops are, including the waterfront and the lights, who was working there? Who didn't show up for work this week? The people from the townships. Yes. I was reminded of that again. We went to some malls and the shops were closed. But we hear, it says there's no taxis here, but actually the people that come to work to service me here in Cavendish. You think about that. And so we are church in this multicultural, multi-religious, oppressive society. And so did we just show up complaining that the shop is closed, I need bread, there's no, or did we actually stop and think, yo, the people come to here. From where? People were walking on the end too. I was on my way to Stellenbosch at the time for an inaugural professorial lecture. And I must admit, frustrated, because now, now, now I'm going to be late for this lecture of a very good friend of mine. And as I'm riding on Bay and Powell, I'm riding bumper to bumper, upset because I'm going to be late in my nice car, in Brandon's nice car. <laughs> but alongside me is streams of people walking because they were dropped off at the tip of the M2 to Kailicha. Children in school clothes, school wear. That was half past five in the afternoon, quarter to six, because I was late. And, you just, and, and then you're like, okay, now you complain that you're in your car, you're only two people in this car, and you're going to an event of privilege. So we need to reflect, as Rowan has called us to, on the realities of this week. When Paul says, I've heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for people everywhere, how does my Christian lens or worldview, Brandon spoke about this as well, affect how I view these taxi strikes this week? How did my, my, my faith that's built on my identity, my being, my hope in Christ, how did that influence listening to the acts of violence? I didn't experience it. I heard about it. One of our own experiences. How was I reminded of my own proximity to privilege in relation to others? As Rowan said, like in the suburbs, we could drive around freely. My girls went to school. And even there, I was surprised. My girls have one, but girls high and junior. But then teachers didn't show up. So I didn't even realize there's quite a few teachers in this smart school that are coming in from. Uh, Mitchell's Plain and Retreat and, and I was like, out of my whole day, three teachers showed up, Shannon says to me, I'm like, okay, even there. So it was safe to go to school. And Fellini, 
school was burnt down. People were being pulled out of Ubers. And so again, I'm asking, if this faith of mine is solid, it's strong, it's, it's who I am, it's how I think, it's how I feel, what does this mean for my own proximity to privilege? So I ask us to sit and just think, where would I put myself on that pyramid? We used to say, let's think about people on the margins. This used to be a, a, a phrase we use. I mean, people still are using it, but we're learning that we don't speak about the margins so much anymore because the margins are coming into the city all the time. And if we choose to ignore this in and out flow, where would you position yourself on that pyramid today? In relation to my proximity to privilege. Pray with me. Here I am, Lord. Remind me of who I am. I am loved. I am known. I belong to you. Here I am, Lord. Remind me of who I am. I am loved. I am known. And I belong to you. Paul goes on to pray for specific things in relation to this. I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Again, we were reminded of this today, the importance of praying constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight, first specifically. This spiritual wisdom and insight needs to enable you to grow in your knowledge of God, and then also I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope He has given us. And then 19, I also pray that you understand the incredible greatness of God's power in this context. In this context. So, firstly, we reminded that Paul's prayer is consistent. It's not just based on crisis. We don't just pray in times of crisis. We pray consistently. And we pray for each other in the different contexts we are in. But he says, I pray for spiritual wisdom and understanding. So remember, he's reminding us, you have this strong faith, you have this love for God's people everywhere. Right? That I know about you, that's what I'm hearing about you. But no, no, no. I pray that you would go deeper. That you would ask God for spiritual <coughs> wisdom. Not my own wisdom, not my own insight based on what I have access to. Lord, please give us spiritual wisdom and understanding to grasp the full significance of what's going on here. He asked God to make us intelligent and discern in knowing Him personally. 
spiritual in, insight in which our eyes are focused and clear to see exactly what God is calling us to. But it's only through spiritual wisdom and understanding and spiritual insight that we can see through God's eyes when we are seeing what's going on. Maybe just to pause and ask now that we reflect on what thoughts are hindering us from understanding and seeing how God sees today. What are the things going through our minds that, yeah, all other alternatives besides, okay, God, we need you. We need you to show up. We need you to show us here. We always go to that one last. When all our efforts have failed, and we see, okay, the strike is actually getting on longer than what was nice, a day off, <coughs> then we now call on God. No, no, no. Paul's prayers, I pray consistently for spiritual wisdom and understanding, for spiritual insight. So that you'll be, God knows we, we are human, we are, we are sinful beings. We will not just magnificently understand what he's doing, what he's, we need to rely on him to say, Lord, show us, help us discern, give us the insight to see as you see, to see beyond what I'm seeing. What is your purpose? And, and as, as Rowan saying, that's what we're asking for today, in this context, that we find ourselves. I think the, the, the elephant in the room, for me at least, is busyness. I always speak about consumer Christianity. We come to consume, consume, consume. We wait on the preach. As I said, today is a reminder that the preach is not the service. It's not what God is only saying to us. There's a lot of ways. But we come and we consume, 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 and then somehow tomorrow will be that church, right? But busyness also, I mean, for myself too, you know, I, I find it very difficult to discern what God is saying when my books are saying something else and this scholar is saying something else and, you know, this WhatsApp message is saying something else. It's very difficult to really discern God's voice when we are busy. And here Paul is saying, I'm praying, this, I'm praying this over you. I'm praying that God will give you spiritual understanding, spiritual insight. But what does that look like daily? He says, spiritual understanding, spiritual insight, so that you may grow in the knowledge of God. John 17 verse 3 says, and this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. Right? So the first point of Paul again is, do I know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God? And when I know that, remember I said faith is knowledge, yes? But does my heart then, my passions, what motivates me, drive me to show that I know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then, as I said, does my actions and my love for people everywhere show that, that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. <coughs> it's a reminder to us that we are called to grow in the knowledge of God and not just knowing about who he is, uh, having gone through different 
studies and series. It's about knowing him experientially, personally. I remind us that faith is an aspect of the heart. It's a commitment of my will, and it's also exemplified in my actions. So how do we create space that enables us to create margin for the other, to really build relationship with each other in the business? I mean, so we, 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 we really uh, oppose what we call the black and white Christian paradigm, right? Where you pitch that church whether you like it or not, and you dressed in a certain way whether you like it or not, and you will be there to volunteer for Alpha because if you're a Christian, you're there, right? We, we don't like that type of Christianity anymore. We live in an age where uh, we're free from that. But the flip side of that is true. We do it when we want to. And I sometimes wonder, like, I mean, I didn't pitch on, on, on Wednesday because I'm doing it on Friday, I'm going to preach today, but I was totally free on Wednesday. So I have to ask myself again, like, what drives me to God's people? What drives me to the outward? It says a lot about where my heart's at. Yes, we need to rest. Don't shoot me. I'm definitely for that. But I think we've made busyness our excuse. Because when we plan our days, and when we plan our months, and we plan our calendars, some of us more meticulously than others, Karen, right? We plan for that time of whatever, a bride with this and this and one, and life group, and this and this. But we don't plan more intentionally about putting hands and feet together for the gospel. We'll open our schedule for a quick online meeting, that wasn't planned, but we won't open our schedule for a quick, guys, we need to pray urgently. And that's what I was challenged with this week. That we say we don't have time, we say we are burnt out, we are exhausted. But this prayer reminds me that my knowledge of God and what He's up to in this world and my discernment to see that He is doing something bigger than me here pushes me to be more intentional about how I use my time. The second part of the prayer is that you would grow, so grow in knowledge of God and understand hope, a confident hope that is anticipating Christ's return. And as we've said, it's been a tough week, and so understanding this type of hope is, is really a tough one, right? But I was also reminded this week, I don't know, probably God's Spirit, of the hope that Sarah had. She would conceive a child. She tried her own way, but she conceived the child in there. The hope that Joseph had, that God had a bigger plan for him, it didn't work out because of what his brothers did, and of course, now it seemed like, God, what, what happened to the plan you had for me? And I was also reminded of the hope that Job had. And so in all these three examples, we know the end of the story, that God did what he said he was going to do, but we also know in between, each of these people did their own thing. They decided to act because God was taking too long. And so I'm also reminded that when I decide to do my own thing without calling on spiritual discernment and wisdom, 
in different situations, I just make the journey longer, the learning the lesson longer. And so the hope that Paul prays for here is one that is reminded of Christ's resurrection when everyone also doubted that resurrection was possible. It is being renewed and restored in and through this resurrected Christ on a daily basis. And that's what the Holy Spirit's role in our lives are. Every day, renew my heart, fill me and bridge to be able to discern what's up today, wherever we find ourselves. Again, I remind us that busyness quenches and grieves the Spirit's work in our lives. And lastly, spiritual wisdom, understanding that you would grow in the knowledge of God, understand hope, and understand God's power. So we remember Brandon reminded us that the book of Ephesians was also one that we understand who we are and whose we are in Christ. Uh, this morning again a reminder, you know, if we really, really believe what the significance of the splitting of the temple curtain meant. What, why, 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 what was that a symbol of? When Christ died, the text says there was this tearing of the temple curtain and also the temple itself. What was that about? At the time, the Jews thought they are it. Right? That significance said, no, I'm doing something different. Through my death, I'm doing something different. And that breaking of that is to say, it's done. You're no longer only Jews and Israel's in my eye, Israelis in my eyes. You are the people of God. Such a huge moment. You break down the temple walls. You tear down this curtain. But actually, I was reminded of that today, this week. That, that major act is something that should be... Are we going to wait for another nuclear what, a bomb there in Joburg? No. The, I was thinking about that, and that's what made me remind the, the, the bomb in Joburg. Gas bomb in Joburg. Um, again, with taxis, right? Um, and I just thought, sure, but actually that act reminds me that we must stop this... Stop this living, how are you? No, I'm okay. Okay, how are you? I'm okay. I didn't, I didn't find out what okay means. I didn't find out <coughs> who are you today. Because somehow we still live in me and my faith and my Jesus. And me and my faith and my Jesus has caused a lot of havoc caused by the church. In the same way, the priesthood perpetuated oppression then. When we become religious people, we are on, we are in the red. We are not called to be a religious people. To put out rules and structures and we are called to exemplify the strong faith that we have in Jesus Christ. And that will show itself, whether we want it to or not, in the love for people everywhere. Mm -hmm. Paul prays that we, through our strong faith that is embedded in our very being, our identity as Christ followers, 
our knowing, that spiritual insight beyond what we see presently, and action through fighting for unity, equality, and the salvation of all mankind or humankind, that we embrace God's power. Faith is not just a feeling, it's not just an experience of, I made a commitment once upon a time. It's a daily pressing in, a commitment of my will, a commitment of my heart. And lastly, the, the text ends off with saying, I'm going to remind you that now He, Christ, who we say we are representing, is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. <coughs> God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things. For what? For the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete. It is made full and complete by Christ. We have the same authority and power that tore down that curtain and broke that temple in half to represent who he is when we find ourselves. Stop living just as under the circumstances. Stop assuming that I have no giftedness. Me, it's just those people. No people. If this prayer today, if we're saying what we need to do, what do you have in your hand? Who do you know? Who was on that taxi this week? Who had to? We need to really just break this mindset of, no, it's not me. It's not, and maybe it's actually, I must call Brandon because God's laying this on my head for Brandon. <laughs> Here I am, Lord. Remind me who I am. I am love. I am known. And I belong to you. Let's close our eyes as we just prepare our hearts and minds. Why do we choose to have communion today with this message? Because we are fallen people. We are not perfect. But we serve a holy God who invites us to exemplify that holiness. We serve an almighty God that invites us to exemplify God's power in the physical acts we embrace every day. We serve a God that lived among the people, that engaged the people, step by step. He didn't have a long proposal took each day as it came and he reached out. And so we too can do the same. So as we come to this table this morning, the call is for us to be reminded that we are grounded by our strong faith in the Lord Jesus and our love for God's people everywhere. That we need to grow in our relationship with God through spiritual wisdom understanding insight 
and that we need to rely on this higher power and not ourselves. I'm going to invite us, uh, Tim will play some music and um, I invite you to... So Wellspring Community Church, we are almost two years old and as Steve would always remind us, we are no longer a church plant but a growing church. And so today we are reminded that we need to work on our relationship with God. It's His church and He will build it. We need to work on our relationship with each other. And we need to work on our relationship with others. We are also reminded that we are not newborn babes anymore. Many of us actually, we've inherited quite a few old Christians. But we can't keep on relying only on Sunday mornings or life group to help us grow in our faith and in our relationship with God. We know who we are in Christ by our fruits. They will know us by our fruits. And so let's lean into being the church here in Lansdowne. It's really time to get out. And let's lean into being the church in our city, which is exemplified in this example of Ephesus. So let's read 1 Corinthians 11 says, For I received from the Lord that which I was also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. Thank you. 